You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. It is so good to be in your presence. And how many of you know that uh, I have demonstrated to you uh, over the last couple days that the fool uh, ties his own shoelaces together. So, of course, last night, the eagles go down in smoke. I mean, it was bad. And I feel responsible for their season-ending loss because of my blabbering mouth about the cowgirl, the boys. It's so... Man, it's awful. All right, so um, we want to say just first of all, thank you so much to Pastor Mark, Pastor Heidi, and, and the whole team. This church is blessed with such an amazing team, and everybody's been so kind. I feel bad that we're leaving, and I'm, but we're going to be watching you guys tomorrow night on the stream, so we get home just in time to turn it on, so um, we're looking forward to that, but, and I know you're going to tear it up. God always blows it out the door in the last session, and you've got, you know, I'm the John the Baptist, here's Jesus, so uh, yeah, I'm preparing the way for him, and, um, but, um, but for real, it's just been such a joy um, to be with the, um, the True North family and, and so many of you uh, over the, I realize that in conversations that we've met so many of you over the years and different times we've been here, and you're still here, and then so many new people, it's so exciting to see how this church is growing, wow, and all that God is doing, and just, we just want to say thank you, and we're so excited about what God is doing here by his spirit. Um, I, the bad news is, of course, though, that um, when we leave tonight on that red eye, we will, of course, be taking the Holy Spirit with us. <laughs> and how many of you, when you leave, you will be taking the Holy Spirit with you? Yes, yes. Right? And, um, and so I just want to encourage you, um, if, if you're interested, um, we're going to pack up tonight of the way, and if you're interested in any of the books and all that stuff, you can grab them. Um, I haven't talked about everything. There's, you know, the newest one is this one, Goodbye Chicken, Hello Dub. This is a lot of fun. A lot of churches use this one for life group, and actually a lot of Chi Alphas use it too. But this is um, super helpful in understanding the ministry of the Spirit. The first third is all about the identity of the Spirit because people can't really trust Him until they really know who He is. And He always seems to be mysterious, even though He's not really biblically um, any more than father or son is mysterious, but helps us understand that. And then the middle third is kind of tracking the well-worn pathways in the Bible from Old and New Testament of how people interacted with the Spirit. And that helps us because I think we all want to experience more of the Holy Spirit, but we just don't want to get weird or have some strange experience. We want something biblical, right? And knowing the pathway gives us the handrails to hold on, illuminates that. And then the final third is all the practical stuff that everybody always wants to know. We do Q&A sometimes, and it's always the same thing. How do I know if that's me or God? And, you know, this, this kind of stuff. And, and so it's all that stuff about what would God, by his spirit, lead me to do? How do I know it's, he's going to come through? How do I know his anointing? How do I experience it in that way? And how do I get closer to where I can hear him better? So it's all that practical stuff on there. Um, and, and it's kind of candid to actually share with you the, uh, one of the earliest 40-day fast, first 40-day fast ever went on with my brother-in-law, who pastors our home church now in PA. Um, but we did our first 40-day fast um, ended in seven hours, and because uh, we're that spiritual. And um, but but you kind of you kind of learn some of the successes and failures on that. Um, this great book on helping others receive the gift on ministering spirit baptism. This little one, want more, is actually on spirit baptism. Super helpful. Our kids' book um, that is, God has blessed and used so much. And then this book I don't talk about very often, but. Um, this is a, a classic written in 1940, but it doesn't read like it. It reads contemporary. But the guy that wrote this book, the late Dr. Charles S. Price, is one of the most significant characters in the spirit-filled history of the move of God the last 100 years, and most people have never heard about him. You haven't heard about him, not because he didn't pack out the largest arenas in America, Canada, overseas. Matter of fact, in, in Edmonton, Alberta, um, the ice arena that only seated 5,000 people, there was 30,000 people on the streets trying to get into the meetings, breaking the windows and throwing money in to pay for the broken window, but just because they wanted to hear the message and see the miracles. I mean, incredible ministry. But um, you probably haven't heard from him because he just didn't, you know, he lived a life of faithfulness and taught the word and whatever. And so after he, after he passed away, uh, he kind of became forgotten by so many. But even a little uh, 12-year-old girl from Missouri um, went to his meetings as a young child, and there she was baptized in the Holy Spirit and called into the ministry, and she left the last night of those meetings, turned to her sister Myrtle, and she's tears streaming down her face. Myrtle said, Kathy, why are you crying? And she said, tonight, 
God showed me that through the power of the Spirit that I've received this week, that I'm gonna do the same thing Dr. Price has done for me, but I'm gonna do it for my generation. I'm gonna introduce them to the Holy Spirit and God's healing power, a little Catherine Kuhlman. And, um, but this book is so helpful, The Real Faith. It's, for me, outside of the Bible, the most important Christian book I've ever read. And it helps you understand faith. Most people think faith is thinking, trying harder. And Dr. Price shows us you can't generate an ounce of faith. It's not an intellectual thing, but it's a spiritual commodity. And he takes the pressure off. It's so, so good. There's a special price if you want to grab one of everything and one of the media cards. There's even a, a series on this media card that will help you with your uh, relationship with your mother-in-law called Freedom from Manipulation. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's on there. Um, but uh, there's... There's a lot, so much helpful things on here. If you're interested in all of that, you can, you can grab one of those. We're going to pack it up, so uh, grab it if you'd like to. So, All right, well, last night we talked about these analog gifts of the Spirit. So let me give you a, a quick rundown. In just a second, um, we're going to come to these altars and, and pray in these seats. Hope it's okay if we pray in church. Um, the only folks that I'm going to invite to come to the altar tonight are those that want to receive Spirit baptism we prayed about it the other night, talked about it, and, and God filled so many. And, and there's always some that, you know, they weren't there or they weren't really sure yet. And they just kind of wanted to make sure that nobody was going to get in a Vulcan death grip and get pushed over and screamed at. How many are so thankful we don't have to have shenanigans to receive from God, you know? But you're just kind of watching her in process. And, and maybe some have even been long-term seekers and have been frustrated. And they're like, I want to receive, but I just, I don't want to put myself out there again. And, you know kind of some of those tensions happen. Tonight's your night to receive. I've been praying and asked God to make it extra easy for people. He normally likes to make it really hard. No, not at all. But I've been praying tonight there'll be such grace and favor. We don't have Sunday night pressures on us. It's just us, and it's time for you to receive. So at the end, when we invite people to come forward for spirit baptism, would you just choose in your heart right now that you're going to be a responder and receive from him? Even if you're super quiet or you go, I don't know if God could feel someone like me because I'm a... Eagles fan, I'm owning it. All right, so, you know, whatever. But uh, come and let God prove you wrong and let him show his and demonstrate his love. Then the rest of this room, everyone else in this room, we're going to engage in about eh, 10 minutes or so of interactive prayer, of course, between God, but also with each other. And all the introverts right away go, mm, uh-oh, you know. But it's easy, it's safe, and we're gonna see God do all kinds of miracles, particularly healing miracles tonight, um, as we pray for each other. The Bible tells us, James, half-brother of Jesus, pray one for another that you may be healed. And he is going to come and help us. And uh, always the greatest miracles we ever see in, in ministry that we're privileged to, to take part in is when people pray for each other. It's just, I, we told the Lord that years ago, you know, we didn't, not that we would ever be like some you know, glow-in-the-dark character or anything like that. But, but how many know all those ministry gifts in Ephesians 4 are given to equip us, the saints, for the work of the ministry, right? And um, it's so great to see when people say, oh, that's the first time I've ever prayed for someone that had rabies and they were healed, you know? <laughs> it's great, you know? And so uh, it's going to be a fantastic thing. Okay, so uh, last night we talked about analog Holy Spirit gifts. We talked about kind of the analog side, kind of a metaphor for the scratchy record, imperfect, and yet has texture about it, right? Any analog fans out there, you know? And then you have kind of the digital side, which is, you know, on one side could be kind of veneered and correct it and, you know, make perfect, you know, by editing and whatever, and that's fine too. But you also then have, thinking about that metaphor, about God's perfection. So if you go to the next slide, we'll kind of, kind of unpack that. So remember the, the extension cord, you have the source, which is the Holy Spirit, the connector, the extension cord, that's the person being used or gifted. And then the need, the beneficiary. And two of these three um, uh, beings involved in the gifts are analog, and only one is digital. The Holy Spirit signal is perfect, but he allows his, he allows his power to flow through people like us. I want to tell you, there will, I, I can almost say this empirically. I'll leave a caveat, maybe not, but. I think it's pretty much true. 99.999% of all human experience will be this. That's a big statement. Um, you'll likely always feel a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation, insecurity when God is using you because what he wants to do is bigger than your skill set. 
right? So it's kind of natural to go, you know, you kind of get butterflies in your stomach or whatever, you know, or if you're vegetarian, swaying wheatgrass, I don't know what you get, but you get something, you know, same kind of sensation, um, sans the meat metaphor. But you get this, you get this thing going on here where the, the Holy Spirit's perfect power is flowing through broken people to meet the needs of broken people. But do you see the love of God in all of that, right? That's why that, we talked about last night, that love chapter is situated right in the middle. The most excellent way to be using the gifts is to love the people that are on the need side, all right? So you plug into God, love the Lord your God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, summarizing all the 10 commandments, not just in personal purity living, but in the way we minister, it's the same rules. And so uh, if you go to the next one, we ended with this scripture last night. Um, we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? Why would God put his treasure in earthen vessels? God's perfect digital signal in vessels made of dirt, which is a reference to, of course, our creation. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and tell them you're a real dirt bucket. Yeah. Why would God do that? Why would God put his perfection and goodness, the availability of his miraculous ways in people like us to show the all-surpassing greatness? You enjoy that too much. If you enjoy that too much, you'll have to start with repentance at the altar tonight and then move on. Um, but to show that this all-surpassing greatness of the power, all the miraculous, all the digital signal is from God and not from us, the analog dirt bucket. In other words, when you allow, when you get over yourself, when I get over myself, and I allow God to send his signal through my life to minister to people, it doesn't prove that I'm great and I know what I'm doing, but instead it proves God's love, and they see God. They go, I know Frank, and Frank can't do that. That had to be God. He has to be real, you know? And so this is so, so, so critical and important. Okay, uh, let's go to the next one real fast. So um, I want to invite you to stand up with me. Last night we read out NLT. Let's check a little different version out because we're going to kind of go in a little more technical language tonight, NLT or NASB 95. So this is not going to roll off your tongue. So this is on the extreme literal side from Greek into English. So your mouth sometimes is not going to want to say these words. But you're ready to read out loud with me? Big and bold? Okay. This would be the best thing you've ever heard because it's the word of God. How many wave a hand saying the word of God has changed your life? Right? All right. Let's give it our highest priority. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. To another, the distinguishing of spirits. And another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Lord, I pray that you would teach us to go out on our spiritual front porch and collect every package that you bring to us. Help us, Lord, to not be afraid to step out of our comfort zone where you truly dwell. But instead, Lord, teach us, provoke us, Lord, to new levels of spiritual hunger. I'm asking you, God, that 2024 would be filled with God miraculous moments in Fairbanks, Alaska 
much more outside of the walls of the church than happen inside. Teach us, Lord, to expect and look and listen and learn and allow your digital signal to flow through our scratchy, analog, broken, helpless extension cords to show the power comes from you, not from us. Teach us to reveal your glory by being obedient to your promptings, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated if you like. So let's go to the next one if we can. So just take a look at a couple things. So we have, Paul goes through this list and he enumerates nine, manifestation is the word that's used, manifestation gifts of the spirit. The word manifestation in the Greek is phanerosis. It's uh, an idea, it's a verb, but it's an idea, uh, it comes from phaneru, a bright light that shines. It's actually the word you'd use in Koine Greek for lightning, a bright but dissipating light. You know, you see the light comes and then poof, you know. Just a, you have to have a fast shutter on your camera to see it. You see it discharges the pent-up electricity of the heavens to the earth. I mean, it's a very rich uh, metaphor that he's using by using phaneru. And then he, the verb form phanerosis is the idea then once it discharges, then it evaporates and it leaves the effect behind. So you kind of get that idea. This word manifestation, um, you know, they're... Jerome, who translated the, the Bible into Latin, the Latin Vulgate back in whatever that was a long time ago, like last year or something, thousands of years ago, um, 1400 or something like before that, 400. When he did that, um, he hit this word, phanerosis. So he's trying to bring this into Latin. Anybody have a little Latin in your background? How about a Latino in the background at all? Okay, what's this in Spanish? Mano, right? Okay, so your hand. Okay, manifestation, and then festival dancing. And so he's trying to articulate to the audience who will read the Bible in Latin so it can be commonly understood in that moment. And, um, and so he kind of coins this word. He actually, Jerome, creates this word, manifestation, by combining a dancing hand. And the idea is, just like lightning comes down, at least it's the dancing hand of God over his people, you know? All of a sudden over here, God's hand dances and someone is healed and someone receives revelation and someone, it's kind of a, a beautiful uh, etymology on that. So nine of them. Now, um, we traditionally break these up in three categories of three by function because of 1 Corinthians 13 verse 2 where the apostle Paul does that. So it's kind of, you know, when the love chapter, he kind of builds the argument, okay, so you can speak in tongues, but you're a jerk, cancels out, don't do it. And then verse two, he amplifies it. Okay, so you've got all the verbal gifts, you have all the revelation gifts, you have all the demonstration gifts, faith that can move mountains, and you're still a jerk, it still cancels out, right? So let love be your highest goal, but you should also, especially to give, desire the giftings of the spirit. He doesn't give us permission to pick one or the other. It's both and, but make sure you go after the selfless love, which speaks of the character attribute, trans transforming fruit of the spirit kind of stuff. I love you more than, you know, there's only one more piece of grandma's pecan pie left. You can have it, you know, even though you have a nut allergy. And so, um, so to go to the next one, if you would. So let's look at the first category real quick. You're probably familiar with this, but let's just kind of look at this for just a moment. So you have communication gifts. These are verbal or communication-oriented. Certainly you could be, you know, texting somebody, something that like God is speaking or whatever it might be. Um, but we have, first of all, public tongues. We add the connotation public there because in the writings of Paul, all tongue speaking is not the same thing. In fact, later on, uh, after we're, we stop reading in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 30, Paul says clearly the verse that everybody knows, do all speak in tongues? No, so get off my case, you know. Um, that's actually not what the verse says. Because he's talking about in public ministry, do all speak in tongues and interpret those tongues. He's not talking about prayer at all. Later on, he actually, chapter 14, he uses an entirely different verb, the Greek verb to pray, prosukamai, for the private speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, that comes with spirit baptism. He never associates that verb to pray in tongues with the public gifting that he limits for people. And it's amazing how people cherry pick these things to get out of their uncomfortable nature, you know. But God always calls us out of the uncomfortable. So public tongues... 
uh, has a lot of different connotations about it. it requires interpretation and so many different things. But we have public tongues. Then we have the interpretation of public tongues. And when you read Paul's protocol in chapter 14, the idea of a public tongues would be an utterance. Um, and I encourage you if you do it, a lot of times, you know, this is just me, but I've been in services where the utterance in tongues is like 19 minutes long. And it's simply because the person doesn't know how to dismount from the apparatus, you know? The idea of that is a supernatural, hey, God's getting the attention, right? And now you're, you're John the Baptist. Make some room for Jesus, which is the interpretation, right? So don't, you know, anyway, that's just my own opinion. But um, then the interpretation of, notice it's not translation. This is an entirely different verb. This says it's conveying the essence of the meaning, now, we know from the Bible, for example, um, the Apostle Paul would later on say in 1 Corinthians that you could speak in the tongues of men and angels, chapter 13, verse um, 1. But he kind of, is he saying some tongues is the, you know, heavenly language, some is on earth? Maybe. Is he saying that God can guide you, you know, in your known language and to pray in tongues? Probably too, you know, it's probably both of those. But where we get this idea that the idea of praying in tongues can sometimes be in a known language of the earth, but not always, is the day of Pentecost, right? Because in the day of Pentecost of the 120-ish, because that 120 number is actually the week prior census at the upper room, but now a week later, so probably it's the best number we have, only 13 of the languages spoken by the 120 are recognized languages of the international bilingual visitors understood. So it helps us to understand that can happen. I've experienced it when I was 17 years old preaching across Poland when it was still a communist country. Long story. Um, there was one night in Czestochowa when at the altar, I'd, I always pray in tongues at the altar anyway, you know, um, especially when I'm overseas because they don't know you're praying in tongues. And for a period of almost 20 minutes, I prayed. The interpreter stopped interpreting and I'm praying for people. He told me afterwards, you're calling them by name, telling them what their needs are. I'm just praying in tongues. I have no idea what God's sending through this scratchy extension cord. But God was sending his perfection through, and when it was over, it was over. It never happened again, you know? But wow, what a cool thing, you know? I wish I could have gone, yeah, I knew what I was doing. You know, I didn't have any clue. It didn't even sound different to me, you know? But it was just one of those moments. And so, you know, these, these things are miraculous that God does. And you need to stand in awe and you go, wow, God, this is amazing. And it's funny because people like to look and go, wow, that's an extension cord. Like, you ever read Charlotte's Web? It's in the Bible. Um, the whole, whole deal of it is Charlotte, the smart spider's kind of, you know, got this affection for this dumb pig, whatever, Wilbur. And, you know, he's just, I mean, he's... He's just being fattened up to become Jimmy Dean Sausage, that's all. And then Zuckerman, uh, he's the farmer, he's sharpening his axe and whistling, he's coming out to knowing the next day he's gonna remove Wilbur's head from his pork shoulder. And Charlotte's like, I gotta work extra, I gotta figure something out. So what does she do? She spins a web like the letting of stained glass windows over the entrance to the pig pen. And what does it say, if you know your Bible? Some pig. And Zuckerman comes out, and all of a sudden, you can't, he goes, oh, it's a sign. I mean, wow, I never noticed how majestically he wallers in the mud. It's like, what about the spider that did that, you know? <laughs> this is the same thing. People see someone else being used of God, and they look, and they go, look at the person that God happened to use in that moment, which is always a broken person. And he goes, wow, that's some pig. It's like, but yeah, but the glory is supposed to go, the attention is supposed to go, the love of God to meet needs, right? And so we have prophecy, a, a direct stating forth of something that God wants you to say. And so this can be a formal prophecy in a church. And I've noticed that the best ones always start with my children, my children, or some other soap opera title. And, um, and so, although never general hospital, curious, but no, hey, listen, Please stop prophesying in Elizabethan English. I beg of you. I'm leaving. I'm getting on a plane tonight. I have watched that kind of behavior put people, barriers up to the listener that you're desiring to speak to. And the reason why people do that is because that's how they perceive that gift to be. Now, if God tells you, Ralph, prophesy like Shakespeare, then do it. 
But if you just feel the urging and know what the words are, be normal. Don't erect barriers. People don't know what behoovest thou means, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being silly with it, but that just shows we tend to add like drinking hot water out of a, or drinking water out of a hot rubber hose. The conduit adds flavor and temperature to what passes through. We all kind of color the way God is using us in some way, and that will happen because we're analog cords, but the desire is the longer we're being used in those ways that we remove ourselves from that and our biases and misunderstandings. That's why chapter 14 is there. Paul's telling them to do that. So communication gifts. You're speaking some of God's words. That's why if you go back a moment ago, um, yeah, uh, with this idea of public tongues, it's, it's not always there. You know, when you're baptized in the Spirit, the ability for you to pray in tongues is a built-in thing. But the idea of having an utterance in tongues that needs to be interpreted, that's not there all the time. It's only there when the Spirit moves and prompts, as He will. Same thing with prophecy. I have people come up to me all the time and go, prophesy to me. And I go, eat less fat. <laughs> go and sin no more. What am I supposed to say to them? Because it's not like it's a vending machine, Right? Paul says we can all prophesy, but he says clearly it's as the Spirit wills, verse 11. Okay, so some of God's words, not all of them, just what he prompts you to say. Did you know you can prophesy in a text message? Your kid texts you, I got another flat tire, and, you know, I got a ticket, and, you know, bills are due, whatever, and you can either be reactionary or you can pause and say, Lord, is there anything out of your heart of love you would prefer me, my thumbs to type back? Rather than being a reactor, remember, all of these gifts are always found in the love of God. So you, all of a sudden, you go, your response changes. You know, hey, what, what in the world? You know, it goes from that to, hey, you know, this is just a moment. God's on your side, whatever. And all of a sudden, you're giving a prophetic word to that person. God's using your words in that way. Okay, next one, please. So revelation gifts. So this is not like the book of Revelation and the four horsemen and John Hagee's blood moons and other lower digestive issues that some may or may not have. But this is, on some way, knowing some of God's thoughts. Again, it's not all things. Like if you've ever been around someone that's used in a revelatory way, the typical idea, thought that you have, temptation, is that they just kind of know everything. But that's actually the gift of suspicious arrogance, Right? I want you to think that I, you know, really know things. Um, it's just not that way at all. It's a presumptive thing. This, even the language in the Greek, word of knowledge is logos gnosis. Logos is the idea that it's a bit or matter, a portion, not the whole. Just the McNugget, not the whole chicken, right? Knowledge, gnosis, data, information. Most people, for example, think that this gift is you know, just, you know, Christian TV, somebody in Missoula, you got a hairy red wart behind your left ear, stand up, shuffle your leather sole shoes across the wool carpet, touch the TV tube, and receive your miracle. I'm being silly. And God does do healing through word of knowledge in that way, but you're, it's very difficult to find that in the New Testament until you get to Acts chapter 14 with Paul with the lame man in Lystra. But where else do you find word of knowledge in the Bible? It's all through the ministry of Jesus, and it's usually in evangelistic settings and are usually one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. It's also demonstrated in Luke 11 in an intercessory moment. When Jesus, led by the Spirit, prays for Peter's restoration before he ever falls away. Yeah. And so, like a lot of people go, well, you know, I don't know. I'm never, and I'm not going to be in like the office. Somebody in the copying room has a paper cut or whatever. You know, I mean, of course they do. It's a copy room, you know. But you're, it's, it's, a lot of people think that I'll never be using that. But not as an arrogance like it's me. But how many of ever, honestly, in your Christian life, you've ever felt a sudden urging to pray about something specific that you weren't thinking about before that moment? Hold up your hand. It's so common. You're getting words of knowledge. All the time, yeah. This is so common. That's just one of the smallest things. Or the missionaries up here, you know, pastors like, man, we really need to support them. The first time missionaries, you know, they're going to minister to the Tuscan people and, and Tatooine. Hardly anybody wants to go there, and they're very difficult to reach. They can't read the Bible because of those goggly things. And and um, 
you know, and, and it's another, well, there's lots of issues there, but you know, that's the, and all of a sudden, you out of the blue, pastor goes, hey, just pray what God would have you to do. You go, God, what do you want me to do? And you're like, I'll throw 20 in. And, but you stop and pray, and all of a sudden, God hits you with a second mortgage payment, right? You're getting words of knowledge. This is the normal revelatory way. It's already, why not grow in it? Why not grow in it? Word of wisdom, logos, Sophia, portion of kind of knowing what to do. Some translations even say wise advice, which would be a secondary speaking of this to someone else. How many of you know what it's like when, you know, you're kind of out of the blue, just in your normal Christian life, uh, God, you know, you're on the way home from work, whatever, and God's like, take the back way home. And you just follow those gentle nudges. They're not intellectual nudges. They're spiritual nudges. There's never enough information to satisfy your curiosity, but just enough to get the job done. And you see that God helped you to avoid some calamity or something like that, or, or you don't know what to do. Giving supernatural wisdom to his children is something God generously does. In fact, James, half-brother of Jesus, says, if anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask God. And he will give it to you generously. That's just what he does. He's not going to go, well, you didn't do it with anything with it last time. This is his will for you. And so these are these supernatural distributions of wisdom. Some of you know what it's like when someone's talking to you and you're like, I'm way over my head and you just find that prophetically God is guiding your word and wisdom is flowing out that thoughts you've never had before and counsel and advice and help, you know? I mean, this, these are things are, I'm just giving the smallest defining nuggets, but they can be so broad and they can also hop on each other and weave together in such a way it's a tangled ball of yarn of wonderful things from God that you can't even know what's all there, like Acts 5, you know, is one of those examples. But discerning of spirits. So discerning here is diacresis. So it's dia through. And then crino is the idea, the, the root word is the idea of searching. So it's not like, up or down, that was good, that was bad. It's searching through, it's kind of finding the gold. Because things are messy. There are at least three major spiritual forces, probably three in the world. Of course, we have God, and we have the enemy, and then we have our own will and selfishness, which is actually a spiritual force, right? And so, you know, you have somebody prophesy and the first half of the prophecy is really good, but then towards the end, while they still have everyone's attention, they're like, and thus saith the Lord, take care of your body by buying Shackley vitamins, by the independent distributor, my servant who's prophesying to you right now, you know? You know, and you, you see this blending together of this, you know, beautiful digital signal from God that kind of breaks the signal, like getting booted off the network at the end and the brokenness of the human extension cord comes out. So what do you do? Is the whole prophecy wrong? No, you sort through it. You eat the meat, you spit out the bones. And these are spiritual forces. And so we, we kind of begin to, you know, well, hey, that, and I've watched skilled pastors get up after one of those kind of prophecies and go, they, you know, they kind of the, uh, hey, there's a pony in there somewhere, if you know that story from the Bible. And so you kind of get in that spot and you go, hey, you know, they'll champion the good that was there, like 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21 tell us to do. So, discerning of spirits. And this is super helpful too as a parent. How many of your parents have kids? Okay, a lot of them do these days. And so you'll, you notice your kid is going really introverted. You know, something's wrong and they're not talking and that happens. Or parents, you can notice this. With, or kids, you can notice this with your parents too. And something's wrong and you can go to pray because your normal response is, oh, there must be this, this, or this. Well, you're just guessing based on sensory knowledge. But there could be something spiritual going on there, you know? And so you treat things. Like we always told our kids, um, you know, hey, when they're little is our normal night routine. Hey, listen, you know, sometimes if you're ever in trouble, know that our, we are your biggest fans. We're just here for you. And there is, there's like literally, you're our greatest project in life, most important thing in the world to us. But sometimes mom and dad, we're stressed out or we're not thinking and, and you may come and tell us you've got a problem or maybe you're even in trouble and our initial reaction might be like, what in the world because of all the other stuff? So here's the code words. You just say, hey, mom and dad, remember when you told us that if we're ever in trouble that, and that will help us to make sure we're in the right state of mind. And we've had two of our three sons crawl in the middle of our, our bed late at night and we're already asleep and there's a crying guy in the bottom of the bed 
And I'm like, what? what? They wake up, what's going on? And they, dad, mom, remember when you told us? And so with that idea, this is like the normal reaction is going, whatever your worldview is at that moment, whatever's going on, you react. But discerning of spirits, you could say on some level, is a spirit-led response in understanding things you couldn't by mere observation on something, so you make a right decision, right, based on spiritual reality rather than observation. And so, so you kind of get an idea of some of these things. But let's go to the next one real fast. I want to just give you some practical things. Uh, gifts of healings is cool in the Greek. It's a double plural. Gifts is pluralized. Healings is pluralized. And just like in English, you wouldn't do that. You would do gift of healings or gifts of healing. Um, and it's not because, oops, there's a typo. You know, it's not like that at all. It's a literary device showing abundance and generosity. And you see through the scripture, God loves to heal people. He loves to heal people. And if you haven't received healing yet, uh, keep on receiving. Don't turn your satellite receiver off. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And if for some reason it wouldn't even happen in this lifespan, how many of you know the first thing that happens when we see Jesus, we get a permanently forever perfect healed body, which is the ultimate expression of divine healing. All the other divine healings until then are just patches, but that's the real product, right? You know? And so we see this in his nature. Workings of miracles. This is a cool one in the Greek. Energema dunamis. You've heard of dunamis, power, but in its plural form, it's miracles. And so this speaks of this broad activity of anything God can do. Control over the weather, you know, I mean, wow. Uh, you think about provision, abundance. Uh, there's just so many categories of this one. And then to the special gift of faith. This is obviously from Paul's writing a real unique thing. And so you have most of our Christianity happens under the umbrella we would call general faith, which is very powerful. How many believe God exists, yes. right? General faith. Yes. Now, none of you were, I see some seniors here, but none of them old enough to have been there at the resurrection day. Um, and so you weren't there, but you know that, right? And because of that then, that built upon, I know he's alive, then you have this secondary level of general faith that says, therefore, because he conquered death, he can do how much? anything. And normal Christian prayer is based on general faith. God can do anything. So Lord, would you, right? And you're requesting based out of God can is kind of the general faith. But a gift of faith, according to the way Paul kind of frames this linguistically, has to do with a special revelatory moment of faith where God lets you, he doesn't let you know when or how, but he just lets you know, I'm going to do that. You keep on praying. And there's this revelatory nugget in there. Some of you maybe have unsaved loved ones. How many have unsaved loved ones? And maybe some of you, God's given you, you're, you know, you're praying in general faith, God can. But some of you, all of a sudden, one day, you're just like, I know God's going to save, you know, that person. Even though, and you just keep on praying, and God works it out. And for balance sake, if you don't have a special gift about your unsaved loved one, it doesn't mean God's not going to save them. He's willing how many should perish? None, right? No, that's a hint. But... Um, it's, it's just a helpful thing, and you can see the gift of faith in so many other ways. Like all of these buildings are here, the new building, new campus, which is astounding, and the new building will be built because God's sprinkling gifts of faith on his people. And you're like, I've never given $20,000 over three years to a building or whatever it is that God moves on your heart. You're like, that's like buying a car but you're buying the car for Jesus. Yeah. It's like the guy that donated his donkey on Palm Sunday. On. All of a sudden, that's you. And you're no longer just kind of throwing 10% on the table as a tip. But you go, I'm bought into this. And I want to see my kids and the generations to come, should the Lord tarry, know the established kingdom of God. This, this church has the potential to reach all of the lost in Fairbanks. Yeah. And maybe God will give a gift of faith to some of you to really loan him your donkey. So let's look at the next. We're almost done here. Um, let's look at a couple practical helps. Um, yeah, so this is a great scripture, 1426. Um, go back. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, what is the outcome then? When you come together, each one brings the open expectancy that God can use you. And when that happens, let it be done to build everybody else up. Remember, you're just the extension cord. 
So we have, you know, in America, we have the consumer mentality, come and do for me. And it's in all of us, you know. I just changed from one wireless carrier to another after 20 years because customer service, you know. But it's not that way with God. And so we each come not just to receive, we come to be a participatory person involved in the activity of the Spirit together, you know. Okay, some practical helps real quick and we're done. Number one, you got to learn to listen in the right spot. How many of you have a brain? Astonishing poll. Okay. Um, normally, you know, our brains like to figure things out because the Bible says inquiring minds want to. It's not in the Bible. But we, we want to know, so we try to figure things out. And so our typical process is, Prayer is a little bit of asking God and a whole lot of telling him what to do specifically based on our wisdom. You know, the Bible says bring your, make your requests known to God, not so much the solution, you know. And so you have to learn to listen to the right spot. And the normal thing is, okay, so you know, somebody should prophesy right now. I feel it's me, so um, where should I start? That doesn't belong to you. You don't look in your, mm, I'm going to figure something out. Where do you sense the Holy Spirit? Some vague spot in your inner being, right? You know, he stirs you way down deep. Where did the prompting come when you were baptized in the Spirit to speak in tongues? It didn't come from you going, hmm, let me fashion a language right now. I've always been a fan of 50s doo-wop songs. I think I will say, who put the bop in the bop, shoo-wop, shoo-bop. And maybe add a little boom shakalaka at the end, just, you know. I mean, I'm being totally facetious, but it's, it's not, you're not trying to generate content out of your intelligence. And this is where the prompting of the Spirit comes. That's why I tell people, long-term seekers for Spirit baptism, they feel they can't get the prompting, get to the spot where they're aware of God's presence and then just say, no, just, just quiet down and draw your attention deep inside. You want to be prophetic? You know, which Paul said all of you can prophesy. You're in that moment. You know you need to talk to the person, don't know what to say. Draw near to God. Lord, I love you. Would you please draw near to me? Help me. And when you sense his presence, quiet down and look in the heart of God's love. Lord, what out of your heart of love are you wanting me to do or say? And all of a sudden, he just begins to breadcrumb you into things. And this is not once in a lifetime. This, the Holy Spirit's speaking and moving all the time. You have to learn to listen to the right spot, though, and it's anti uh Intuitive, counterintuitive. Go to the next one, please. Slow down. When we're uncomfortable, what do we do? Hurry up to get it over with? Yeah. And I'm telling you, the moment you speed up, you miss it. Yeah. Normally, you pray for someone to be, Lord, heal them and help them. And I don't know, God, you know, take away the mange and all the other stuff. Amen. I don't know. what you, And usually the word amen means I got nothing. I'm done, right? So you pray as long as your intelligence feel satisfied, and when your intelligence gets to the spot where I have nothing more to say, you jump off the ship. When in that time period have you trusted in the Lord? I mean, you have in a general sense, but if you're waiting for miracles that you can't do, you have to, like Pastor Mark said, you have to kind of do something you've never done before. You've got to kind of give them some space there. And so in a moment when we go to pray, I'm going to invite you, we'll, we'll give you some instructions, but when you go to pray, you're going to find that when you run out of things to say, you're going to want to stop. But I'm going to ask you to resist that. And just for another 10, 15, 30 seconds, I don't know, just quiet down and wait. Because that's where all this prophetic and giftings thing bubble up. And it's usually based on the anxiety of I don't know what to do and I don't want to be misunderstood. And, you know, um, I don't want people not to like me and I don't want to make a mistake. But you will because you're just a ratty extension cord. So that's just part of the rules. But you'll grow and learn. And if you're loving, it doesn't matter. Slow down. Number number three, go fishing for the gifts. Could I invite some of the musicians to come back? Um, just some of them. And, um, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, stop. Like, you normally are sensitive to God after worship. That's why we had the gifts manifested there. But what about at your school? Why not when you're walking the halls of your university of your, or your elementary school, why not just quietly just, you know, set yourself an alarm, you know? Hey, Siri, wake me up at 4.30 a.m. to pray. I'm turning mine off. Okay, there we go. Okay, I did that for your benefit. See, all right. So, um, 
you know, it's, it's one of those things. And Alexa, set my heater to 40 below. Okay. But it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things you have to intentionally, outside of context, say, I want to, uh, I want to pay attention to this. So tomorrow, at school, at work, set a time. I, I do a dumb, it's my weirdness, you don't have to do this, but whenever the clock hits straight up on the hour, it's 7 o'clock, it's 8 o'clock, it's 9 o'clock, I train myself over the years to just stop at that moment, just a real, don't make a big deal about it, quietly, nobody around, or if they are, it's silent inside. Lord, is there anything that you want me to know or do or say or someone to talk to, someone to call? Because if I don't intentionally insert those points, I will think that the Holy Spirit's moving is like some bingo cage in heaven, you know. But the Holy Spirit's always moving. Every verb about the Spirit is moving. Even the metaphors, the oil pours, the wind blows, the water flows, the dove descends, the fire burns, on and on. I mean, he's action and motion and moving. And for me to think he's generally stationary until I really conjure him up through singing multiple key changes of a hot worship song is bad theology and myopic. But go fishing. You're like, I need to talk to, I know I need to talk to that person. So you stop and you, where are you to listen? In the right spot. And you say, God, what out of your heart of love are you saying? You wanted me to do? He'll give you never enough to satisfy your curiosity, but just enough for you to take the first step of obedience. Okay, then the final one. The whole point of this whole thing is to express the love of God, not some perfect performance or not, you know, that the people will really respect you or that they'll really think you're some, you know, Jedi master or something like that. The whole point of this is that people experience God's love, his wholeness for them. And so that's in looking in those spots, you find the right thing. You go into Lowe's and you want to buy an electrical outlet. You go and you shop at eye level, and you can find a beautiful standard duplex outlet, you know, the two outlets, one on top of each other, in a cardboard box, print it in four colors with a cellophane, cellophane window for $9.99. But how many of you know the secret? If you look in the right spot, on the open box on the floor is the exact same Leviton outlet, loose in a box for 99 cents. It pays to know where to look. And a lot of people say, well, God's not using me in the gifts, but they're not checking their mail, not looking in the right spot. And so we're going to go to prayer tonight. Why don't you stand up with me? Take a stretch. You've been sitting there for a while. Reach for the sky. Stretch it out. Stretch out your carcass. All right. And we're going to just take, it only take 10 minutes if you'll work with me on this. All right. And so here's what I ask you to do. In just a moment, I'm going to ask those that want to receive spirit baptism to come forward real quick. Maybe some prayer partners and staff can help me. And then everyone else, I'm going to ask you to do something. Even if you're like super uncomfortable with this, I'm, I'm giving you a real safe way to do this. It won't, your uncomfortability will only last a very short moment. And you're going to have the opportunity in the next seven, eight, ten minutes to pray for several people now, with others praying as well along with you. And you're going to see how easy this is. There's going to be all kinds of healings and other kind of miracles that take place in this room because God just does that. And some of you will be the first time you've ever prayed for someone directly asking God for a miracle and it will happen right here. It will change your life. And so here's what we're going to do. After we invite those that want to receive spirit baptism to come forward and some maybe prayer partner staff to come, then I'm going to ask everyone else in just a moment to get in groups of three or four. Just turn around, no big deal. If um, your group is... Like two, it's not the right dynamic. And if it's five, you'll take exponentially long than every other, longer than every other group. So you'll kind of, I mean, if you want to do it, you can, but you'll be here till tomorrow. But um, so get into a group of three or four. Don't hold hands with anybody. Keep your hands to yourself like the old hymn says. Just get in a group of three or four. And then you're just going to elect someone to go first. Floyd, how can we pray for you? The first person will just say, you know, it's my back and my foot and I hate my mother-in-law or whatever your needs are. I don't know. You know, if you're super private, we respect HIPAA, you can go, it's, you know, whatever, that's fine. Or if it's some other need, that's fine too. And don't go into any big story. You're just giving the other people the courtesy of something to start praying about, honestly. Just a very bare minimum label. And then the other two people or three people in your group, hopefully will unfurl their healing prayer apparatus and maybe lay a hand on a shoulder. It's always safe. I have this gear ring and I have remove the convertible top of two people now because the hair gets stuck around it and the hair piece comes off. True story. Uh, one being a government official. Um, whew, okay, so anyway. But um, the, so it's, 
you just lay your hand on their shoulder and you pray. And it's not the bold person leads. It's all two or three of you stand there with a fire hose of God's love and you pray on top of each other. Your job is to smother that person in the love of God. And when you run out of things to say, just walk around their life and pray a prayer of blessing. Bless, Lord, bless everything you can think of. Slow down and listen. It will be highly unlikely if everyone in this room would not have a moment in this next few minutes where God prompts you to pray about something that you was not on your radar mind, wasn't spoken to you about that person, because that's just normal for people that have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And if it doesn't happen, it's fine, but it, it will. And some of you will happen every time, you know? And don't prophesy babies over anybody or, you know, or, you know, anyway, but, you know, be wise and loving, but, okay. So then when you're done praying, you'll feel it all wind down and then you just go to the next person. So we're just going to take turns with one person at a time, being in the middle, sharing a need and others praying for them. And God will come and heal and work and move. So would you raise your healing apparatus to the Lord right now? Would you look up as they're raised if you can do that without getting dizzy? because that's the exact way this extension cord works. Lord, I reach to you, right? And you is all that we need. And in a moment, I'm gonna reach out to others. So I just wanna make sure my cord is plugged in right now. Come on, would you just ask the Lord to use you in new and powerful ways, not only tonight, but in the days ahead? Come on, lift your voice with me. Oh, Jesus, use me for your glory. I welcome your supernatural grace to flow in my life. Thank you for it, Lord. New gifts, new power. Teach us all, Lord, even those that run her up to be a biblical prophet because of their excellent ministry. Teach us all, Lord Jesus, something new. Holy Spirit, you're the best teacher. Jesus said it. So we want to enroll tonight in your class. Teach me your ways. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, if you want to receive spirit baptism, come real quick, get out of your seats, come right up here to the front edge. Maybe some prayer partners will join me. Otherwise, would you just get in groups of three or four all over, whether you're in the balcony or you're in the overflow. If you don't get in a prayer group, we will assume that you are a demon-possessed reprobate wine-bibber. Is that okay? All right. So, yeah, just, just get in a group real quick. It won't take long when you get in that group. Just pick someone to, hey, Floyd, you're first. We're going to pray for you, all right? Just quickly start it. If you're not in a prayer group yet, say, hey, come on. For those that want to receive spirit baptism, just simply begin to draw near to the Lord in prayer. Somebody will come and pray with you. And Jesus wants to do this. You're not going to get zapped by a lightning bolt from heaven. God is going to help you tonight as you draw near. And he can't wait to overflow you with this spirit. Prayer partners, can you help me to spin around here? What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.